Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jeff Newbarth. Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast. Very excited to be joined by Andrew Getson, swing coach extraordinaire, and most recently with the victorious Champions Tour, Phil Mickelson. Andrew, good morning. How are you? Jeff, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're going to have Dave Neville on in a little bit, and we want to do two things on this podcast, part of the Cadillac Golf Podcast Network. We want to answer your questions about Lefty, because I'm sure you all have plenty of those. And we also want to answer your questions about Big Bertha B21. It is in available for pre-sale today. So today is the day you can finally jump on in and uh, end your slice. Today's the day to uh, to experience all that. We'll talk with Andrew about that in a second. But I also want to remind you, if you haven't checked out the fitting room, which has great information about uh, this driver, iron, this entire family of slice correcting, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Phil would probably have a great term for what we'd call it. Anyway, these golf clubs, check that one out. And also a new Henrik Stenson pod dropped today as well. So Andrew, let's talk about um, with Phil. So it was kind of an interesting kind of last minute decision for him to even play the event. Uh, he, he didn't make the cut in, in Boston, but he was playing well, and he certainly was playing well here in San Diego. What was the reasoning, in your opinion, behind uh, doing this? You know, when we chatted, obviously, he'd been playing so well before the Boston event. And um, obviously, to miss the cut, pretty disappointing. And I think the thing is, he was playing so well, his expectations were high. And with golf, you, when you have expectations, sometimes you have to be able to manage that. Um, so he got off to a bad start that first round and, and um, second round, he actually played very well, you know, uh, could have made the cut, but, you know, a little bit of a late push in the finish in that second round. So after he missed the cut, he's like, hey, I'm playing great. I'm either going to go back to San Diego and play golf with his buddies or he can go to the Champions Tour. So I was, you know, encouraging him, hey, go play this tournament. Why not? I mean, it's, it's three good rounds. You get a scorecard in your hand. You have to, you know, you have to play good golf. And when we got there, it was just a great atmosphere. The Champions Tour did a phenomenal job. Obviously, he saw a lot of these buddies that he kind of has played with over the last 20 years that are out there now. And, and, and it was just a great atmosphere. The golf course was spectacular. Um, the condition of it and, and just everything about the event was fantastic. So can I ask you, Andrew, um, because I was watching along as much as Golf Channel would allow me to, because sometimes mm-hmm. they weren't on the air when Phil was on the air, which don't get yeah. me going on that. Um, was what was the biggest difference in terms of the setup of the golf course in terms of both length, in terms of where the whole locations were cut, uh, the difficulty of the golf course? I've always wondered that is, is, is it a pretty big difference or not? I think the thing is, is that um, only seeing one setup, uh, it was core Crenshaw. So there's no real rough. And most yeah. of core crunch, core Crenshaw courses are kind of fairway and then kind of, you know, the junk, but they give you generous fairways. Um, so that, that there, I, I obviously couldn't comment on how much rough compared to a regular tour event, but the pins were the, probably the, the difference. Most pins on a, a regular tour event are three or four yards, you know, or from the edge. Yeah. Senior yeah. tour was probably six yards. But the second and third day, after so many guys went so low the first day, obviously Phil shot 10 under, the second day the pins were much tougher. So, um, you know, you get the wind up, the golf course was probably 7,000 yards, maybe 7,100 but, mm-hmm. you know, the first day was dead calm. Second day, the wind got up. And third day, we had some wind. But, um, you know, yes, it's much shorter. But, uh, you know, it, it's a very fair test. And those guys can still play. I mean, it, it, was, it was great to see. You know, Steve Stricker, you know, I, I mean, just still hits the ball, you know, as good as probably ever, you know. Yeah. So it, it's, it's those guys can really play. It's not an easy, you know, a lot of people said he's going to, Phil's going to win easily. 
he had to play very, very well, you know, and you have to control your, your irons. And, uh, and he did. He, play, he obviously played very well to win. And for me, what I've always wanted to do, uh, but I've not been able to do due to lack of ability, is what, what do you guys talk about after some rounds in the low 60s? Like, how do you say, well, you know, this is the one thing we got to work on? Because those were pretty solid. It's kind of like, yeah, let's keep doing that for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, the fascinating thing with Phil is he's always trying to get better. You know, he, he obviously knows that, you know, when you shoot 10 under, you've played a very round, good round of golf or a great round of golf. He's always, hey, I could have done this a little bit better. So he's always trying to improve. And that's the nature of, of, of Phil. You know, he's, he's, he's obviously very happy with his round, but he's, he knows that he can improve on little things. And that probably keeps him going, you know, um, keeps him motivated. And, and, you know, we actually, after he shot 10 under, he hit, a, he hit one average drive that was a, a lower shot we've been working on. And um, we went to the range and he hit about 25 balls just working on a certain shot. So it, it's something that, you know, obviously I love to do that because it's, it's a challenge from my side of the fence as a teacher to get him to, you know, be able to help him hit those shots or produce those shots. All right. Well, we're here with Andrew Getson. We're talking Phil. We're also going to talk a little big Bertha B21. Dave Neville will be joining us shortly. So get your questions in on Facebook, on Twitter, everywhere. We got Matt, Jen, and Josh in the background feeding us those questions. One of the ones I wanted to ask you about uh, is I want to roast Tim Mickelson a little bit. On the very first <laughs> tee, um, Phil goes and hits a driver and pipes it down the middle I guess I, I, he likes to say hits bombs. And then yeah. he turned to hand the club to Tim and Tim was in the cart. Was there, was there any like disciplinary action? Cause Tim didn't know where uh, to go. Was, am I supposed to drive you? Am I supposed to be standing there to walk back with you? I did. I did get a lot of text messages from friends and friends of Tim and I that like, is Tim actually driving in the cart? And I was like, uh, yeah, I, on the champions tour, you get to do it. I think it's only at certain events, but, uh, it is, yeah. I think Tim, uh, God bless him. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. I think he enjoyed it, you know, to not carry that 40-pound bag around. But, uh, yeah, we can roast him as much as we can over that one. I mean, he's getting Good. old. Tim's getting old, you know. So That's true. Well, Tim, got Tim a, has a lot going on in his life right now. He does. He's got a little one on the way. He got married yep. Uh, yep. A couple a month, weeks ago. two months ago, whatever it was. And uh, yep. I've never seen him happier. So it's pretty cool. All right. Well, I enjoy giving him – a little bit of uh, ribbing, and, and that was certainly an opportunity. I was texting him too, like, "Why are you even there?" I'm like, you know, literally, this is this is this is this is like like brainless work. Now the carts had GPS in it. I'm assuming they turned that, that off. I, they did turn those off because I actually said to Tim, if you know, <laughs> if you take it to a different level and turn the GPS on, you won't even have to get a yardage all week. You know, just just no. point to the screen. Clean the clubs. You know? yeah, yeah, clean the totally. clubs. Yeah, amazing, amazing. <laughs> uh, Phil short game always been. Um, you know, the, the, the highlight machine, it's always just been so solid. Um, but we've seen him kind of go through a couple different putters uh, recently. But one thing that stayed consistent is the triple track golf ball. Uh, yeah. We have some content on CallawayGolf.com where Phil actually walks you through three different ways he uses triple track. I encourage everyone to check that out on yeah. the greens. As an instructor, why do you think folks at home should try to use triple track? Because you've seen the success with Phil. It's, it's one of those things that if I, for everybody at home, if they put one line, and most people put one line on their golf ball, they draw it on a black line. If you actually put that ball down on a straight putt and stand over it and look at it, and then you put the triple track ball down on a straight putt and do the same thing, you'll be blown away how much easier it is to see, see straight. And it, it's one of those things that uh, Phil and I have done a little bit about it, you know, to, to see, because obviously you only see with your eyes. So when you're looking down a putt line, if you can see three lines that are straight, it's completely different to just the, the one line. So I encourage everybody just to try it. 
you know, just at the, you know, on the putting green, just find a straight putt and do that. You, you'll see a huge difference. Yeah. And then one thing, uh, you know, that, that I noticed with Phil is if there's a big breaking putt and he's going to use feel, he kind of turns the triple track off, as he likes to say. Yeah, he turns it to, a, um, you know, yeah, a, a clean ball, like as in there's no logo, no, 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 nothing. Yeah. And that's just simply for him to be artistic and creative and pick a spot out there and try to kind of do this. Correct. And if it's right. a putt that's going to break three inches, he will actually use the triple track if it's going to break three feet. So mm-hmm. when he gets to Augusta, he will use the triple track a little less because it's a little bit more touch. But once yeah. he gets in that six-foot range, yeah, he's using that triple track almost 90, 90, 99% of the time. All right. Well, one other thing Phil uses is a 64-degree wedge. We have a question on YouTube from, I believe it's Cillian Musto. I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong. Do you think 64 degrees is too much for amateurs? That's a great question. Um, I don't think – I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, um, as a teacher, I see a lot of people starting to carry 64-degree wedges. And I think the thing is, is that um, it's, it's the simple answer is everyone should try it. But the thing is, when you're using a 64 degree wedge, you don't have to open it up. Most people, you know, you can open your 60 degree wedge up, but when you get a 64 and you open it, that's when the problem starts. So if you've got one, just never open the face. Phil really never opens the face of his 64 because there's so much loft on it. You know, if you open it three or four degrees, you're, you know, you're getting up towards obviously 67 degrees, then to 70, it's almost impossible to get the ball to go forward. It'll go straight up. So that's the only thing I'd say. And if I can ask, what is at, at normal sea level, not altitude, what is Phil's full swing distance with the 64 degree? Or is that just something he doesn't even really use? He doesn't use it very often, but a full one would be probably around 75 yards. You know, a 75 yards. Yeah. And Got that's it. to a front pin and trying to spin it probably. But yeah, yeah. he very, yeah, it's, a, it's a rarity. He'll use it into a green. Yeah, but that's what's great about how long Phil hits the ball. And one of the other questions we have is, uh, how, do, how at 50 is he hitting the ball so long? What is the secret to hitting bombs at age 50? Um, well, he's in obviously very good, physic, good physical shape, you know, no injuries. Um, the beauty about uh, Phil is, is that he's spending more time in the gym, but he's, he's, he's used his legs much better um, the last couple of years. You know, he's always had very loose legs. Now he's using the ground much better. So, so the... The key thing is, is for people that want to get length, they have to start from the ground up and make sure their lower body works more efficiently. Um, and that, that can be feeling like, you know, pushing, pushing the ground through impact. That'll help you get more speed. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. We're here with Andrew Getz. We're going to get to DNEVs and your BB21 questions in just a second. So I wanted to ask you, Andrew, a little bit. Uh, so, you know, one of the, the, the great things about the uh, Big Bertha B21, I've been lucky enough to hit it a few times, uh, is really for a high handicapper. Uh, you're, you're in the Phoenix area right now. So you're, 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 I don't know if he's your neighbor or Phoenix fellow resident, Charles Barkley. This is his driver. This is the club that he wants. We have to be very clear as to who this club is for. You're not going to see this club on tour. You're you're not going to see it with the better players. But what do you think from seeing amateurs, um, you know, they all slice. No one just wants to admit it. Um, What do you think about the idea of a a slice correcting driver that, that really allows you to kind of, use your own swing, as we're saying, to unlock your inner distance because you're not hitting the ball to the side. You're hitting it more straight. Yeah, Jeff. It, it's, I mean, I know Kellaway are obviously very excited about this you know, with uh, the launch or the pre-launch today. And then, but the key thing is, is that most people I teach, and it's probably 95% of people do slice the ball. It's the most common fault in golf. 
Um, the hard thing is, is that obviously when the ball is curving for a right-hander from left to right that much, you're losing so much distance. The ball's almost floating. It's, you know, you're creating so much side spin. So with the new Callaway Big Bertha stuff coming out, with that offset, with the draw bias, it's going to square the club up more, even with some swing faults. So obviously that's a huge deal for most amateur golfers. And, and let's face it, golf is one of those sports where if you're not playing well or improving, it's a hard game. And then yeah. if you go to the range, what do you do to work on to get better if you're not you know, seeing a teacher like me or whatever it is? But with this game improvement club, they're going to really um, – they've unlocked like technology – to help a high handicap golfer. Yeah, and I think the, the the biggest thing, you just hit the nail on the head, is that not everybody has the time to work on it, um, but also there's so many new golfers coming to the game. And one of my fears of, of us losing these golfers is they're going to realize how hard the game is. And sometimes having a, a little bit of help from, from this, this series of clubs. Uh, so I really encourage everybody, take advantage of the opportunity, go hit it. And just let, let the numbers, you know, this is what we say every time uh, when we come out with something. Because, you know, you get some people who hate on it. be like, oh, another driver. But this is this yeah. is not a tour club. But this is something that you just need to go try and, and see how it works for you. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is that uh, with that offset, as I said, it's going to help you square the club face up much yeah. easier. But as you, it's, it's built for – Callaway built this beautiful product for, as you said, the guys and girls that are uh, just getting into the game and, and trying to yeah. understand – that don't have the three hours a day to go and play golf or, or practice. So if for all the weekend warriors out there, I encourage you to go out and try it. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic product. All right. Well, Andrew, I'm going to let you go now. What I'd love to do at some point is to, uh, to send you one of these and maybe have you record a few, uh, you know, kind of ways that people can use this technology. And then it, with some swing thoughts that, that, that the viewer can watch at CallawayGolf.com and kind of get yeah. better. So if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to put one in the mail to you. And uh, or next time you come up to see Phil, I'll just I'll just be waiting at the airport and I'll just hand it to you before you get off the plane. <laughs> I'll, I'll be out there. In your hands. I'll, I'll be out there before Napa, so maybe we could do it then. That'd be actually. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be great. We'd be great. Yep. Let's let's try to do that and let's try to help some people. That's Andrew Getson. Yep. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it, and congratulations on uh, on another victory with Phil. Jeff, thanks. Thanks for having me on. All right, Jen. Let's bring in Dave Neville, Yodi Nevs anxiously waiting, chomping at the bit to get into the conversation. Morning, Devs. What's going on? Hi, Jeff. How are you, bud? That was a great conversation great. with Andrew. That guy's awesome. Great. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, what, what I find so fascinating is obviously Phil knows so much about the golf swing and Phil loves to just have someone who can work with him, who can challenge him to do things. And I love the idea of shooting, you know, around to the low 60s and immediately going and hitting 20 drivers to try to work on one particular shot that, that wasn't perfect. That just shows uh, that's something me and you will never do. A, shoot in the 60s, and B, then have to go work on a shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's what's great about Phil. I mean, we see it when we see him at the ad shoots. He's always tinkering with equipment, his swing, his nutrition, his workouts, anything to get better. You know, and people ask, I think the question was, how is he still competitive at age 50? Well, he's so dedicated to it. He just absolutely loves golf. It's awesome. Yeah, and sneak peek, if you want to see more from Phil, Tune into Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt tonight. I believe Phil will be making an appearance. And if it doesn't happen, then uh, just pretend I said that. All right, Dave, let's get into it. We want to take everyone's questions about the Big Bertha B21. Today is presale. Uh, for those who aren't too familiar with it, because again, I think this club is 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 for you know a lot of new golfers. 
you know, you've covered it on Callaway Talks, you've covered it in the fitting room, but can you just say what pre-sale is for people? Again, we have a lot of new golfers here who are probably listening and watching for the first time. Let's let people know what it is. Yeah, so the way we usually work is we'll have a consumer intro where we let people know about the, the club, we'll put it out on the website, and then we have a pre-sale or a fitting date so you can pre-order the club. So these clubs won't technically be available until September 10th in stores, but if you pre-order them now, you are the first ones to get them. You know, we try to send them out a little bit early and so you'll get them before everybody else. It's also the time that you can go out and get fit either with your local Greengrass Pro or you can go to one of the, the national accounts like a PGA Tour Superstore, Dick's Sporting Goods, Golf Galaxy, Worldwide Golf, all of those and go and, and get fit for the clubs. All the fitting tools are in place. So we have drivers out there, irons, hybrids, and fairway woods that everybody can try and, and get fit. As you were saying earlier, you got to try it out and see if it's better, see if it helps your game. Yeah, that's to me the single biggest thing. And, and we say it every time, but the more we can convince people to go get fit, um, the better I think people will be. Um, I think as, as, as weeks go on, there's going to be more incentives for them to get out there. But just to be like first, who doesn't want to be first, you know, like, like to have the new club. It doesn't want to be the first one to walk up to and say, hey, take a look at this and pull a head cover off and impress all your friends. That's reason enough to go today and pre-order, right? It's one of the coolest things about golf. You know, you're out there with your buddies and somebody sees like a new head cover on there and they're like, what is that? You know, and you got yeah. something that nobody else has. It's, it's always kind of a cool feeling. It feels like, as Phil's talked about before, you know, he said with Callaway, he feels like he has a competitive advantage. Well, you can get that with the, uh, the new Big Bertha. Yeah. All right. So I want to break some rules because that's what we do on the podcast. So one of the things uh, I've been lucky enough to do is to see you do presentations on this product for the last uh, three or four months to yeah. our different customers and stuff. And one part that's always stuck out to me is the testing that went on to actually determine it. Now, I don't know what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say. So I'm just going to ask you about it. And, and let's hope that legal isn't listening. Yeah, I, I think legals, they're, they're pretty busy these days. Um, but no, we did have a huge test. Uh, this was a consumer test. It was for higher handicappers only. I think the ticket to get in was like 17 handicap or above. And one thing we saw with the driver, which was really interesting. I mean, it's not too surprising, but players had so much spin. You know, uh, when you get on those track man numbers and the pros are dialed in and a lot of better players dialed in at 23, 24, 2500 RPM of spin. You get these high, higher handicappers coming in, they're down and they're across the ball, generating tons of backspin and side spin. They're at 32, 3500, 4000 RPM of spin mm -hmm. with a driver. And they're just, as Andrew was saying before, the ball's floating. Uh, they're not getting distance. The ball, if it hits the fairway, it's actually going across the fairway. Then we saw a lot of these amateurs, what they do is they aim way left if they're a righty. So they're trying to get the ball into the fairway. So they're almost aiming into the trees to try to get yeah. the ball into the, the fairway. So they might've hit the ball 300 yards, but you know, 150 of it is the left to right curvature. Yeah. And Dave, we need to clear something up because a lot of people are asking us on social. Can you explain what's happening with Maverick? Maverick's not going anywhere yeah. and this is for a different person. So let's just clear that up. So, so the, uh, there's no yeah, Maverick is still in line. It's done incredibly well for us. We're absolutely killing it with Maverick. We have the, the Sub-Zero model and the Max model um, as well. But this Big Bertha is really different even than, than the Maverick Max. And the Maverick line is going to continue, as you said. The Maverick Max, we have a lot of better players playing it. You can put the weight in the, in the heel or the, or the back. But it's not necessarily a low-spin type of driver. And that's what Big Bertha gives right. you. It's really 
a spin killer. It's for the, the player that needs the most help. It's got we call reduced face progression, which means it doesn't have offset, but it's kind of moving towards offset. It's got a lot of draw bias to it. Um, so it's going to be a lot lower spinning than your Maverick Max. Um, but the Maverick line continues. Obviously, Phil was using that. A lot of players out on tour are yeah. using that. Um, that continues. This is a totally, totally different type of driver. Yeah, and just to be clear, you're not going to see the Big Bertha line on tour. It's going to no. be Maverick on tour. If your handicap is, you know, what do you think, like 14, 15-ish, that's where, where you know, you, again, go hit them. But if you're, if you're a single-digit handicap, you don't have to worry about the, the the Big Bertha stuff. The Maverick is kind of where you want to be. Um, but for so many new golfers who are coming to this game, and I just saw the rounds report that came out today, you know, I mean, the, the number of rounds going up is just astronomical. And it's so many new players. I mean, at my club, it's just, you, you go at 5.30 and you want to just walk on and play nine and there's a line of people, which is awesome to see. But so many of them are beginners. This is the club for them. Go get fit. Go try it. Um, Dave, have you hit it? Have you gotten a chance? Yeah, yeah, I have hit it. I, I actually snuck it out um, to Rancho Carlsbad. Some of our locals might know that spot, nice. the ranch, as we as we like to, to call it. End of the range, yeah. got out. I hit the fairway woods um, as well, which is, was really interesting. I took a, the fairway woods out against the Maverick Max fairway wood, just to look at launch angle, the 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 face, and the the draw bias uh, as well, which was was pretty cool to see. I am not someone who fights a slice. Um, I'm kind of the reverse. I fight a, a hook. So I don't think that Big Bertha is going to be right for me. But as you said, something like 80 to 85% of all golfers fight a slice. So this is good for going to be good for a lot, a lot of golfers. Yeah. And I always say that, that even if we say it's 80%, that just means 20% aligned. Everybody fights yeah, it a little exactly. bit, but, but I do think there's different ways to combat it. Right. So if you are a better player, go try one of the Maverick drivers and use the configurations to add, you know, whether it's with the OptiFit hosel to add it into the draw setting, or if you have the max, you know, to have the weights where you can get it in a draw setting. Um, there are ways to do it, but I do think it's interesting. I, I hit it a little bit uh, at the ECPC and, and the fairways were what I remember. I mean, the fairway to me looked, looked a little strange looking down at it, but the ball did not go right. The ball absolutely, absolutely did not go right. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I fight the left out of bounds, so so th this would probably not not go in my bag. But I'm excited for some of my friends who had just started playing to be able to get them, uh, you know, to be able to try this and, and really to be able to improve their game. Uh, I also uh, was texting with our buddy JB at the Hackers Paradise, and you're going to be on THP. Yeah. Uh, THPers, the guys, I and mean, you guys have never won a granddaddy that I've played in. It's it's a well-documented fact. Same with Johnny Rodriguez. It's because you guys are trying to get blades. This is a club. Some of you guys should be taken out there. You know who you are. There's nothing, yeah, there's you know nothing wrong are, about it. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be on the I mean, hot seat with THB tomorrow. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'll be uh, I'll be peppering you with some questions as well, but uh, those are always fun. But I do think that so many golfers, uh, I want to talk a little about the irons, could really benefit from these irons. Now, about three years ago, the last iteration of Big Bertha, you made me a set of them. And I played them for almost a year and I'm super steep. Um, I, I, I loved them. I mean, they just went straight up in the air. They, they definitely tended to, to stay on the target line. I'm hitting apexes now. I just, I just, how can you go wrong with apex, but talk about these irons and, and who do you think that is really going to get some benefit from this? Well, these are our true super game improvement irons. So even with the BB-19, it was interesting. We, we made the sole a little thinner on those, a little bit less offset. They were a dark PVD. And then we got feedback from a lot of fitters 
some of our sales reps and consumers as well as they were looking for a true super game improvement iron. So this new big berth of B21, we're kind of going the other way. I mean, it has wide soles. It has a thick top line. It's got some offset on there. Really confidence inspiring. So when you set this club down, you look down on you can say this thing is going to be easy to hit. I'm going to be able to launch it straight up in the air. And like you said, there's a lot of those players, they struggle with being too steep. And then some of them are sweeping it. So one, they're hitting thin. The next one, they're hitting fat. Well, this has a wide sole with a lot of cambers, really going to help your turf interaction, help you to hit it more solid. Then you have that AI face, has lots of ball speed and, and really good spin rate consistency. So it's a great looking iron as well. It's one that you can be proud to have in your bag. Yeah, and I think one of the things that that you and, and the R&D team have noticed is that a lot of our competitors kind of moved away from the super game improvement. They were getting like thinner and while they were calling it game improvement or improvement, they weren't really helping golfers. We kind of went the other direction. Can you kind of explain the, the, the thinking there? Yeah, I mean, some of the competition, they've, they've vacated the space a little bit um, and kind of moved towards these game improvement offerings. And even if you look at our, our Mavericks, we have Maverick and Maverick Max. Those would be two iterations really in what we call the game improvement type of, of category. So the, the Maverick has a little bit stronger lofts. Maverick Max, the lofts aren't as strong. The sole's a little bit wider. But even the Maverick Max, really probably not a true super game improvement iron. Then you have Big Bertha. I mean, the sole is almost 50% wider than the Maverick Max even. It's got way more offset. It's got a thicker top line. And so it's really for those players that need more help. As you were saying before, maybe 13, 14, 15 handicappers and above, when they go in and get fit, they have to try this iron because it is going to be so forgiving and so easy to hit. Get over your ego. Get over the fact that, you know, you're a 20 handicapper. You're playing blades. Forget about that. Play some irons that are going to really help your scores and help your game. Yeah. I used to work with a guy who was a higher than he thought he was handicapped. He played blades. Never made any sense to me. <laughs> All right, Dave, we have a question on Twitter from Obed Torres 49. This may have been answered, but give us again the biggest difference in the three wood between BB21 and the Max. Three wood. This is a THP or here asking us a question. Yeah, Obed, I, I know him from, from TV, THP. What's up? Yeah. Um, thanks for the question. There are a lot of differences. So uh, one thing you can look at, first thing you'll do is when you set down the club versus Maverick Max, the big berth of B21 has way more offset. It has the most offset we've ever had uh, in a Callaway fairway wood. And what is that going to do? That's going to help you square it up. That's going to help if your face is a little bit open at impact, which a lot of those players struggle with. The other thing you're going to see is the face on the B21 is shallower, meaning it's not as tall. And what does that do? Yeah. That gets that leading edge really low to help you get the ball in the air. What do people struggle with when fairway woods? They can't get the ball in the get air. Get it in the air. Yeah. And then the other thing people struggle with is the, the length of the clubs with fairway woods are too long, particularly on the three woods. So this question is about three wood in particular, but we have progressive lengths in the Bertha uh, series in the fairway woods. So the three woods going to be a quarter inch shorter than the Maverick three wood. The five wood's gonna be a half inch shorter. The seven wood's gonna be three quarters of an inch and the nine wood's gonna be a full inch shorter. So that makes it almost a tweener between a hybrid and a fairway wood. And that's gonna really help you to make better contact. We saw that all the time in the, in the testing that even though the players, they were swinging the club a little bit slower than they would with Maverick, they were hitting the ball further because they were making better contact with the Bertha. Yeah, I think that that's where you know, again, it sounds like we're a broken record here because we probably are, but just that's where you just got to go hit it. You got to get fit. Mm -hmm. 
and and you got to go take advantage of the opportunity to see because you know you you may as you did with with your testing at at, at Rancho Carlsbad you got to be able to compare them directly and that's what's so awesome about being able to go to any of the places where where you want to go get fit um, to be able to do that direct comparison so Obed that's that that's what my advice would be is go go hit them side by each and then get back to us and let us know and that's something uh, I always love to hear is is when people talk about it. One thing where we've been seeing a strong voice in talking about it is kind of in some of her friends from across the pond, uh, you know, Mark Crossfield, Rick Shields and yeah. stuff. These guys have done some really in-depth reviews. And, uh, you know, one of the things obviously that, that we love is we love to talk about our products, but one of the things I think we love more is when other people positively talk about uh, the products. So, what have you, you know, I know you've watched all these things, but what, what are some, some highlights you want to give people who maybe don't have an hour and a half to go deep dive on uh, some YouTube videos? Yeah. So we, the feedback has been in incredible. And the thing that I guess that I'm most pleased with, most proud of is that these independent reviewers are saying the Bertha does what they say it, say it does, you know, cause we're always yeah. accused of marketing, of spinning things of, you know, of, of, of different claims and stuff. And we're saying that this is for the higher handicapper. This is a true slice stopper. It's a slice killer with the driver. It's going to be easy to launch with the fairy woods. It's going to be a super game improvement with the irons and the hybrids. And the folks in the YouTube videos, I encourage you to go out and watch them, are saying it really does what it says it, it, it does. So that's something I'm really proud of. You know, obviously, uh, Mark Crossfield's got his video out there. You can check that out. Um, TXG Golf out of Canada. They're some of the top fitters uh, in in the world. Uh, they they took it up, and uh, Ian Fraser there uh, hit it and checked it out and talked about the spin rates, the draw bias, all of that, and what what he saw. Even our friends at My Golf Spy, you know, have taken it for uh, for a spin um, as well. So I encourage you to go out and check out all that. Not just what we're saying, but what others are saying as well. Yeah, and one thing I like that uh, that you like to do is you like to go play a little undercover boss, undercover shopper. Um, are, are, do you have any plans maybe on the weekend to to go into a local store? We're not going to say which store, so they know they know that you're coming. They're prepared <laughs> yeah. for you, and don't don't wear the Callaway shirt or Callaway mask or Callaway hat. Yeah, uh, last time that I I went into uh, a, a local <laughs> take sporting goods, didn't have any. I had a t shirt on. I didn't have any of the Callaway gear, but I I was wearing the mask and I had the Callaway mask. And I was trying to ask some questions about how the Callaway stuff was. How was it doing the fitting? And the guy's like, I know you. I've seen you. I've seen you on, on YouTube on the Callaway Talks. You can't fool me. And I'm like, oh, wow. Well, at least somebody's watching it. That's, that's good. Yeah, exactly. It's always a good thing. But I do think it's, it's a fun opportunity to go in to, to some of these fittings. I was thinking the other day that I haven't done a retail fitting in forever. And I think it would just be kind of fun to, to maybe take Paige and Harper and go in there and let them get fit because I think they're perfect candidates for this club as well. Um, but also to be able to, to kind of see how it's done. Cause I think it's such a unique process. And I think um, one of the things I think we all need to do a better job is kind of busting some of the myths about fitting. So I want to ask you a couple of those questions as we're waiting for your questions. So again, hit us on uh, Facebook, YouTube, anywhere you want uh, Twitter with any questions that you have for Dave and we'll get them answered. But in terms of, of a fitting, I always think, and Nate and I've talked about this on a couple of times I've had to fill in on fitting room is this is the time of year. That's the best to go get fit August, September, because in theory, if you're in a market that's seasonal, um, you're, you're at your peak of what your swing is going to be for this year, as opposed to if you try to go do it in January, February, in some of those seasonal markets, you know, you're probably not swinging the way. Do you kind of agree with that? Or do you, do you like to kind of like, what, what is your fitting strategy? 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, all times of the year is a good time to, to get fit. But you're right. Um, for a lot of players in the warmer climates, their, their swing is pretty grooved, you know, and a lot of players like their, their handicap is the lowest. Uh, late, late summer, they're, they're swinging well. That's a good time to, to get fit. But one of the myths that we see out there is people say all the time, I'm not good enough to get fit. And I think that yeah. could be an issue with the Bertha um, B21. People think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a more entry-level player. I'm getting back into the game. I don't really want to get, get fit. That's really when you need to get fit. And if you ask a lot of fitters, they'll say that they can help that type of golfer more than even a tour player. The tour players are so dialed in. You know, you can make little tweaks to them on the margins. You can, you can help them out. But uh, a player that's fighting a, a slice or has really old equipment, I mean, we can make some huge, huge leap forwards to help people enjoy the game. Yeah, it's funny. I had my my moment this year. I wanted to start the year in the Max and at last year's Granddaddy, where again we were victorious. Uh, used the Max, played a little bit with Finley. Finley was even hitting the Max at that point. But I, I still got back to my old habit of just being too spinny, and it was just driving me nuts. And literally, I just put a sub zero head one day, and all the spin, um, you know went away and the driver got much better. Here, here's another one. Lee Owens uh, from Facebook. How do you know you have a good fitter? Great question. How do you know, Dave? Yeah, well, I would do um, a lot of those fitters will do kind of pre-fit interviews. Well, I would interview them as well. You know, I would ask them about how long they've been, been doing it, you know, um, kind of what their qualifications are, what their, what is their, their fitting um, philosophy? You know, a good fitter is going to be, uh, open-minded to putting you into different, different things, you know, so maybe you're a, a 10 handicapper, you might think you need a certain iron, but they're going to be open-minded uh, to that. It, it shouldn't take the fitter. You shouldn't have to make like 15 swings with a seven iron for them yeah. on one club to say whether it's good uh, or not. I mean, we see out on tour, the guys make maybe one or two swings and then they know, uh, you know, whether it's good or not. Uh, it's probably going to take a few more with, with your regular amateur golfers, but it, it shouldn't take so many swings. You shouldn't get done with a fitting. You're so exhausted. Um, they should be able to dial you in, you in quickly. Um, and we have a lot of certified master fitters out there. So these are people who've gone yeah. through our Callaway certified master fitter training, our Callaway University. Um, and we, and they've taken tests, they've done live fittings. We know that they know the equipment, they know the fitting philosophy, and they know how to do uh, fitting. So that's one thing to look for out there. Yeah, that, that's where I would start. If, if you have a certified master fitter in your town, you know that they're well-versed because uh, they had to, they literally had to pass a test to, to be able to do it. I think that would be kind of the first thing. The other thing I would say is you have to know your own limitations. And I think you have to do a good job of communicating to the player or, you know, if you just um, if you don't want to hit 4,000 shots, you, you got to let the fitter know that and you got to be able to, to dial it in. But I, I love, you know, kind of like with you, uh, I like the idea of tinkering a little bit and, and, and changing things up every now and then. And sometimes I think you just got to find someone you just kind of connect with. And I think that in the couple experiences I've had, uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, have some people who just completely get to know kind of what, what you have, what you don't have. And you got to be realistic with yourself, right? That, you know, if you, if you are steep over the top, me um you're you're probably limited at some of the things you're going to be able to do and you have to focus on trying to eliminate what that does um and and you have to be realistic with what your goals are you know your goals need to be whether it's dispersion whether it's distance um you know whatever it is you got to go in there and, and and kind of be able to have a plan you can't just walk in there blindly i think i think having a plan 
is a good thing. One thing I want to ask you, we haven't got the question yet. Uh, can you explain B21? B21, yeah, um, I like this. So um, obviously the, the year we're coming out at the end of uh, 2020 and into 21, so that's part of it. Um, but some of the folks who know me know me, I'm an Air Force guy, and the B21 is the replacement for the B2 stealth bomber that they're, that they're working on right now. And as Phil did this week, you can hit some bombs with the new uh, Big Bertha B21. So that's what we went with, with the naming and also to help differentiate it from the, the BB19, the last generation. Yeah, and aesthetically, as you said, getting rid of that black PVD, uh, beautiful, beautiful finish, uh, very aggressive with the blue, uh, still that red, white, and blue kind of color scheme that I think people will will like, and it'll kind of stand out. You know, aesthetically, uh, we did that. And then the last thing I wanted to cover, uh, and again, we'll still take your questions, is the shaft, because that's kind of a story. Normally, we're not into the shaft stories as much, but this yeah. one we actually are into. So can you kind of give everybody kind of the the quick take? Yeah, this was an interesting one. So when we, we usually work with our aftermarket uh, vendors on deciding on a, a shaft or a shaft lineup for a family. But when we were looking out there, we wanted to have a shaft that would work across the entire family. So whether that be driver, fairway, iron or hybrid, we needed it to work in multiple weight classes. We wanted to work for the women's shafts all the way up to like a 75 gram stiff offering. And we didn't really see out there in the market something that, that really lined up exactly with what we wanted. We have a lot of shaft expertise within Callaway. Not a lot of people know that, but we work with the shaft companies all the time, helping them, giving them feedback, uh, giving them specs to when they're building the shaft. So we decided to design our own, and that's what the RCA shaft is all about. It's named for Richard C. Helmstetter, uh, who was one of the founders of, of Callaway Golf, the first head of R&D. For, for Callaway. And the RCH shaft was a brand that was really popular in the, the 90s and 2000s. We had those played out on tour, super popular yeah. in both irons and, and woods as well. So we bring back the RCH name, but it's an all new shaft, totally different. It has, we call an active tip section, which means there's an extra carbon bi bias layer there down by the tip, just making it easy to launch. And that's a big thing with the whole Bertha lineup. They have to be easy to hit and easy to launch. So we have that beautiful looking, it's ion plated, beautiful looking shaft as well. Um, it's, it's produced by one of the top shaft companies in the world. We can't use their name. Um, yeah, you haven't even told me who it is. I'm yeah, but trust me, trust me that you would know exactly who they were. And then they would probably send us a legal letter um, after yeah. we have a non-disclosure on that. So uh, anyway, we gave them all of the details of what we wanted, the specs, all of that. They're producing the shaft for us. So it's Callaway branded RCH shaft. We have it in all flexes, all the weights across the board. Now we have a lot of other no upcharge shafts available as well. If you're not into the RCH shaft, that's fine. But what I'm telling you is if you're going to get fit, you should start with the RCH yeah, shaft. Start there. This is going to be there. the perfect shaft for this head. I'm not saying that other shafts won't work, but this is a great, great starting point. That's funny. Miles the Siamese cat was sitting right here. And, and I think he wants food, but he just walked out. I'm pretty sure when you said go start with that shaft, I think he's going to go. He's going to go try to get fit, he's maybe in the RCA fit, yeah. shaft. All right. Can you can you walk everyone through? So today is pre-sale. Can you walk us through the timeline uh, that yep. everyone has? Because we want to allow people to get these in their bag as soon as possible. Yeah. So today's pre-sale. It's also our fitting days, uh, which means all the, this weekend you can go and get fit for the entire lineup, the entire Big Bertha family. And then September 10th is our official par date. But like I said, um, I mean, you could pre-order these on CallawayGolf.com or at one of our retailers at a green grass shop. And 
we're going to try to get them out to you even before September 10th if you pre-order. So if you want to be one of the first ones to get it, you got to check out the, the pre-sale. And uh, we always encourage you to go out and get fit. The fitting tools are in hand across the, across the country. Um, so go and, and check these out. All right. And on September 10th, Doc Hawk's going to join me on this very podcast. And we'll do the same thing. We'll take your questions. Uh, and that'll be the day that, in theory, everyone can walk into a store and go get fit and pick one up and actually walk out with it. Right. So that'll be an exciting day as well. Dina, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Remind everybody where they can, uh, where they can see you tomorrow on, on the Hacker's Paradise. Yeah, so out on um, THP, um, you'll see a link out on social media coming from JB at THP, or if you're a member of THP, you can go out there. Um, that'll be on the, the website, and I'll be taking all your questions. Uh, we're going go, to go deep. We know we got some club junkies out there, um, and that we're going to be going deep into the entire Bertha product line. That's going to be uh, a lot of fun tomorrow. Any, any giveaways by chance? I think there is going to be um, a, a giveaway. I think we're going to give right. away a, a Bertha driver, right? I thought so. I yeah. just wanted to make sure we told everyone that because it <laughs> seems like that would get people to tune in and, and, and listen. Yeah, for sure. They would be one of the first ones to get the new uh, Bertha, Bertha driver. So All right. tune in and get a chance to win. And for more information, make sure you go check out Callaway Talks with Yodi Nevs. Check out The Fitting Room with Yodi Nevs. Anything else you're in? Any other shows of yours I've missed? Uh, we did. We just did a podcast with uh, Worldwide uh, Golf. We're on Real Golf Radio this Saturday. We're going to be on that uh, as well. So all over the uh, the airwaves, Sirius XM, PGA Tour Radio, Patrick and McGinnis. You can check it out there as well. Just trying to be a radio hero for you, Newbart. There you go. There you go. Well, someone has to. So I'm glad you stepped up in that situation. Thanks, everybody, so much for taking your time uh, to ask us your great questions and joining us on the Callaway Golf Podcast. Thanks to Josh, Jen, and Matt for helping me out in the background, and we will see you next time on the Callaway Golf Podcast.